in week three of our series called Big Questions. Week one, Professor Kevin talked about culture and media and how we engage in that. Last week, I talked about Lego, talked about minifigures and how that related to our identity. And this week, we're going to talk about existence. Last week, we talked about this idea of identity, who and what we are. Who and what we are. I think we all kind of struggle with those ideas. And, and tonight, we're going to talk about this idea of existence, or why am I here? We talked about I, that identity comes from God last week, that instead of looking at culture and the questions that they ask, that it's not necessarily about who you are or what pe- people say about you, what you have or what you look like, but rather those things that God sees in you. So a couple weekends ago, I went to this youth pastor conference at a church in South Surrey. It was kind of a last-minute decision, and so I went on my computer, and I registered, and I decided that I was going to go. I, I paid online for this conference. So I was, I was kind of excited about going to this, the, to go to see other youth pastors, to listen about youth ministry, um, because it's something that I, I love, is youth ministry. So the day before I went on this conference, uh, it was right near the end of the day, I emptied out my, my messenger bag, kind of like the one that's on the screen there, and I put in the things that I thought I needed for the conference. I put some notebooks, and I put some extra pens and my headphones, and a book, and my Bible, and I got all ready to go, and I grabbed my hoodie and, I, and my hat, and I went home. The next day, uh, I got up, and I was, I was ready to go. All this to say that at that point on Friday morning, I knew where I was going. I knew how I was going to get there. I knew, uh, I even knew what was going to happen when I got there. But as I drove to this place, um, I couldn't help but think about what Melody had said to me earlier in the week. Because she was kind of like freaked out for me. Because I was going to this conference by myself. And... I didn't necessarily know anybody at that place. And I had told her it was fine the whole week. I I told her it was all good. But as I pulled into the parking lot, as I reached for my messenger bag and my hat and my hoodie, and I, I tried to walk with as much, like, swagger and confidence as I walked down to the doors and into the registration desk and tried to make sure I didn't, like, my voice didn't crack as I went because I was nervous. And all of a sudden, I couldn't remember why I was there. I had my bag packed with things I knew I needed. Even in that moment, I don't think my identity had changed. I knew who I was. I was Sam, a youth pastor from Maple Ridge, married to Melody, a homeowner. Uh, I drive a Dodge Journey, uh, which I know doesn't sound cool. Um, I wear cool Mario shirts. Uh, I'm my body is weirdly disproportionate. Um, I'm kind of a nerd. People say I'm friendly. Sometimes I'm funny. I know what my identity is. But in that moment, I kept questioning why I was there. Why am I here? I could see other people in the crowd uh, excited to be there, meeting people that they knew, talking. And for some reason, I just kept melting into my hat and my hoodie, and clinching onto my messenger bag. And I remember 
walking into the first session, there's a bunch of tables and people and, and noise and stuff. And I remember going to the far side of the room to an empty table, sitting down, pulling out my notebook, and just waiting to see <laughs> if anybody would sit with me. It sounds like a really sad moment. But in that moment, as I was thinking about this idea of existence and why we are here, that was my moment over the last couple of weeks where I sat there and thought, why am I here? I knew why I was there. And it had to do with my identity. It had to do with me being a youth pastor and wanting to learn more about youth ministry and talk and, and meet other youth pastors and be able to talk about how we're excited about youth ministry. But I just kept questioning why was I there? Why was I there all by myself? And I think for all of us, whether we, I think we all struggle with this idea of identity, who and what we are. And then once we kind of start figuring that out, then sometimes we struggle with this other question, like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? The fact is that none of us have any input about the fact that we are here. Our parents decided or didn't decide and all of a sudden one day we are here and it's no wonder that we struggle with this idea of who and what we are and why am I here and what am I supposed to do even at the youth conference I knew why I was there I could if somebody had asked me I could tell them but it was my uncertainty and my lack of focus on what was most important that made me in that moment question why I was there Sometimes, sometimes I feel like we either push off this idea of why we're here and what we're supposed to do, or, or we really stop and we struggle with it. And so I just want to have a conversation with you guys tonight about um, some hope and some freedom. Like we talked about last week, identity is this big word that sometimes we don't use, but who and what we are, that seems easier for me to grasp. And I think sometimes, even me, someone who's... 35, who's married, who owns a house, who's in a career um, that I love to do, sometimes it's hard just stopping and thinking about the fact that I'm one human in the midst of a whole bunch of other humans living on this planet, trying to figure out what we're all supposed to do. So let's go through this a little bit and see what we can, what we can learn. Okay. The original plan. We talked last week about the fact that we all are based off this original idea. That, that someone, someplace, a creator, gave, gave us arms and legs and hands and feet and brains and hair and meaning and purpose to his creation. That along with an original idea for who and what we would be, there was an original plan for why we would even exist on the earth. Revelation 4 verse 11 says this, you are worthy our Lord and our God to receive the glory and the honor and the power because you have created all things. This is the important part in this verse here. And by your pleasure they exist and were created. It was God's will, it was God's choice, it was his desire, it was out of his pleasure that we all exist. That we were all uniquely created to occupy the earth, to think morally and rationally and socially interact with one another. See, God didn't create us to fulfill just one job or to perform just one certain task. No, he created you out of the object of his affection. That every human is an expression of God's love. 
And sometimes we try to define our purpose and our existence by what we do. It's kind of the same as our identity. But we need to come to a place where we can accept that our worth and our existence, why we are here and what we're supposed to do, is rooted in a relationship and an interaction with God. That our very existence should be wrapped up in that relationship with God. That God had an original idea for each and every one of us, and He had an original plan for you and me. This idea of no perfect formula. I think that all of us wish sometimes, even when we talked about culture a few weeks ago, sometimes I think we wish that everything was black and white. That there was just a list of rules that we could, that we could look at, sp- specific guidelines and boundaries that we could live by and evaluate where we're at. When it comes to questions like why I am here and what I am supposed to do, it would be much easier to just check off a list that we could work our way through and be able to see where we're at in the process. But it seems a little bit monotonous and boring to me. It seems a little bit weird that there would just be this, that our existence would be boiled down to a checklist. So so I made a checklist just to see how weird it would be if this was the checklist you were given when you were little and said, make sure you check off all these boxes and that'll make up your existence. Okay, learn to talk. Learn to walk, go to school, find a hobby, make friends, graduate, go to college or university, pick a career, stay single or get married, have kids, buy a car, buy a house, make money, go on vacations, retire, travel some more, live till you're very old. How, how many of you that sounds like a pretty good life? It, sound, it sounds like a pretty good life, but it's also kind of lame if we can just, if we can just boil our existence down to a bunch of checkboxes, right? I mean, these are all things that most of us will experience in our life. But the point is that this life isn't about a bunch of checkboxes. That, that God has created us with much more freedom, much more freedom in knowing that our existence comes from a relationship with Him rather than a bunch of checkboxes. That instead of a bullseye we are supposed to hit to make God happy, or rather than stressing about fulfilling the one thing that we were created to do, the formula for our existence is less about this and more unique to each one of us. There's a passage in Exodus 3, 1-6 that says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness to come to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Maybe kind of a weird passage to use when we're talking about existence, but there's two things in this passage that really make me think about this this fact that there's no perfect formula. And it's two things. God shows up to Moses in this burning bush. 
And that's just one example in the Old Testament of a bunch of different ways in which God shows up. Uh, God shows up as uh, through his angels, through talking donkey, through different situations. And uh, Yeah, talking donkey, look it up. It's a good story. So he shows up to Moses in, in, in the burning bush. And then the other part is this last part. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Read an article this week that talked about these verse, this verse, and the question was raised, why didn't the writer just say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and your father? Why isn't it phrased that way? And a bunch of, a bunch of pastors and, and priests sat down and talked about this, and they said one of the reasons could be that each of those experiences were different. That it wasn't just one God operating the same way for each and every one of them, but that each of them had unique relationships with God and unique experiences. And God was ready to work out his end of the relationship. This is the beautiful thing about God, is that all of our relationships are different. Melody and I can read our Bibles. We could be on the same reading plan, which we are. Truth be told, I'm behind. I'm trying to catch up. Melody's been very diligent this year. I'm super proud of her. Now she's super embarrassed. Um, but we can read the same passage and we can, we can take different things away. When we started at the beginning of the year, uh, we would stop and we would say, hey, like, what section are you at? And so what, then we'd start to talk about it. And the things that she was reading and getting out of the passage was different than what I was getting out of the passage. And not that either of them was right or were wrong, but the fact is that God was moving and working and speaking to us in different ways. And just the same way that he's uniquely created each and every one of you is the same way that he uniquely wants to have that relationship with you, to talk to you, to be with you. And the same way that in that moment Moses needed to see something crazy in order to grab his attention in a burning bush. And then to be reminded that that God wasn't just doing this for him, but that he had done this over and over again with people he had heard about. That the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Sam, the God of Brandon, the, the God of Kaylee, the God of Ethan, the God of Tyler, the God of Leanne, the God of Vanessa... The God of Jerry. This is the thing. Is that our existence, why we are here, what we are supposed to do is less about checking off boxes and more about our relationship with God. That our details and decisions are grounded in our relationship with God. Point number three I call house rules. I have always wanted to be a dad. I've always wanted to have a family. And maybe not for the same reasons that everybody wants to be a dad. I, I want to be a dad for the, for the same generic reasons that most people want to be parents. But I've always had these weird thoughts in my mind about things that I want to do when I'm a dad. I um, dream about having a house where there's a massive ball pit that my kids have to swing over to get to their rooms. Uh, also because then I don't have to go over and see what state their room is in. I can just pretend like it's fine. But fun things like that. Um, building a house with secret passageways, or um, I always envisioned like putting a tunnel from our house to a tree house so that even in the winter they can still get over Weird, weird reasons for having kids. Sometimes I think more for my fun and my <laughs> enjoyment. 
I want to have weird traditions, like a certain day of the week where we play games or we have Nacho Sunday. Unique things for our own family, traditions. Things that define who we are as a family. Things that may seem crazy from the outside. People on the outside looking in. But things that we embrace and are important and that we love. And I think that sometimes God's family and our relationship with God is like that. That sometimes to our friends or our family or people that don't know God, that sometimes the things that we want to do for God or the things that we're willing to put on the line for God seem crazy from the outside. But we do it because we're part of that family, we're part of that relationship, and that even though it seems crazy to others that we want to embrace that, that we want to have that relationship with God. God created us. He wants us to be a part of his family. He wants to have those traditions and those things with us. Psalms. Psalm? Psalm 8, 3 to 6 says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Who is God that he is mindful of us? The God who created the universe, who created everything around us, that he wants to have a relationship with us. Our existence doesn't come down to doing the right thing or performing a certain way. It comes down to our relationship with him. Sure, there's rules and there's boundaries and there's guidelines in the Bible. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the reason why you follow those things, the reason why you do those things, the reason why those things make sense comes out of your relationship with God rather than just reading a bunch of rules and doing them. You see the difference? Your parents ask you to take out the trash. You could just do it. You don't have to love doing it. You just do it. Or you can take out the trash because you have that relationship, because you're a part of the family, because you're pulling your own weight, because you're doing those things. Identity and existence is something that you may struggle with for a long time. But it's so much easier when you have a foundation to, to move off of. As opposed to last week, we talked about just worrying about what everybody else says. And having to manage that. Manage things that are totally out of your control. What other people say about you. Or, or when you feel like you've got you know, the best clothes or, or the best phone. Or you're listening to the right music. And even then, people won't accept you. Or running yourself mad thinking about the one thing that you have to do, the one career that you have to have. Right now, right now, millennials will change jobs like ten times in their lifetime. You think there's one thing that everybody has to do? There's not. You guys might change jobs fifteen times. I don't know. We're gonna see. We're gonna see as you guys grow up. But the one thing that you can do is that you can root all those decisions in your relationship with God. That you don't have to worry about uh, what your identity is to other people. You don't have to worry about what other people think that you have to do or are supposed to do. That you can ground all of this in your relationship with God. Identity and existence for me is about freedom. Freedom in the fact that I have something greater than myself to anchor who I am and why I am here. 
Sometimes it means giving up control. Sometimes it means not understanding why things happen. But it gives me hope that I am loved, that I am worth something, that I have a purpose, and that my identity comes from the one who created me. Rather than me just floundering on my own ideas. Okay, let's pray. God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the fun that we had. God, I just thank you for how much you love us. And I thank you that instead of asking lots of questions or getting worked up about things, God, but that that I can give them to you. That That I can be reminded about how much you love me and you care about me and that it's not about checking off boxes but it's allowing you in to the things that I do and the things that we do whether it's our homework or playing sports interacting with our family or friends working hard at a job getting better at our hobbies God that you want to be a part of each in every one of those things. That we don't have to feel the pressure of doing a certain career or living up to some certain standard. But loving you and allowing you into our lives. I just thank you for how much you love us and you care for us in your name. Amen. It's 8.42, a little bit later than normal. We decided to switch things up a little bit tonight. But what I want to do is I want to put on some music and then I want you guys to just I, I want you guys to just take a moment. Uh, you can find one of your leaders. You can find your friends. But just just be what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, be respectful of other people that actually want to take this time. Uh, If you don't have anything to think about or pray about, uh, you can